Church Downtown is a community of people striving to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that you're inspired by the following message to know the love of Jesus more deeply and to follow him more passionately. For more information about our church, this message, or about being a Christ follower, please visit us at churchdowntown.org. Fill that little block in. So if I say something crazy like horse, then, then you can see if it's in there, and then you can fill, fill it in, okay? So listen for words this morning, pay attention, and then then has got some spots where you can write, hey, what did you learn this morning? Horse. I don't know if you learned about that, but, but, but you, we can try. Anyway, so the, we've been in this series, Stretch Marks, and we've been talking about how God is stretching us and growing us and moving us to look a little bit different. He's bringing uh, a greater faith into our lives, new challenges, to places where we can trust him for what he's been doing and how we can hang on to him. So we've walked through this and we've been talking and talking and talking about the life of Elijah. And what I know right now for our church is Elijah had some major problems. And as I said last week, Elijah, or the week before, Elijah had some tough conversations that he had to have. And we sometimes have to have tough conversations as we walk through periods of seasons of change. But I guarantee that you'll never have to have the conversation that Elijah had to have where he told uh, the king that his uh, blood was going to be licked up by dogs. Hopefully you'll never have to have that conversation with anyone, but there, you will be called to have some tough conversations at points in time. And Elijah's faith just mirrored what we really are going through as a church, steps of faith in stretching us and growing us. So as we talk about staff challenges, I'll tell you as a pastor, um, the, the idea in, in most churches are when the church is about 100 people, one pastor might be able to kind of handle what that is and how that's working. And I, I got myself some great administrative help through Jasmine when she came in and we were running in the hundreds and, and, and things are going good. Now um, she's, she's abandoning us and leaving us just like Pastor Mike. No, wait, I'm sorry. Uh, but And Brad was so helpful on staff and we had um, Caitlin James did an incredible job with our children's ministry last year. And God's been, though, bringing trans transition this year in the staffing of the church. I'm the only, I'm the only one left standing. Um, and the only reason is because you gave me half of last year off. I, I got a break. So I thank you for the break or else I wouldn't be here either. I'd be falling apart. But God has a great plan. And we can't sit back and just get worried about the problems in front of us. But instead we have to say, how is God stretching us? What's God going to do? So in the life of Elijah, what we saw was Elijah transitioned in, in, in his ministry and he walks through these growing points and then God brings him to a place where he passes on his mantle to a man named Elisha. And we're going to look next week, as we close this series next week, about Elisha and, 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 and that passing of the mantle, that whole thing, and how the whole deal went down. But this morning, I want to fast forward in the life of Elisha. And I want you to go, that if you have a Bible, 2 Kings chapter 6, and we're going to read this together, this story. And this is going to be fun and exciting, and I'm going to move quick, so listen up. And kids, get your pencils out, mark down the words. We're going to have fun. But I wanted to get you into this story because I think what we see in the life of Elisha is if Elijah was so impactful in the life of Elisha, what we know is that Elisha now has some great faith that he saw in the life of Elijah. How did this play out with Elisha? So we have the, the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel is incredible because um, all the time God gave them this land and continually they seem to be fighting 
for this land. Even today, they continue the fight for the land that God gave them. And this was still true in the Old Testament. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 8, I want to read a little story, and it's about a fight for this land. And this story is very interesting and pertinent to us today. It says in verse 8, When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers. And he would say, we'll mobilize our forces at such and such a place. Verse 9, it says, but immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel. He'd say, don't go near that place for the uh, uh, Armeans. I can't even say that. Armeans. Aramaeans. There we go. Took me a second. Hooked on phonics. Worked for me. Uh, Kind of are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. And time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that uh, he would be on the alert there. Imagine you being uh, like trying to plan your strategy or strategize. That's another word you could say, strategize. Imagine trying to strategize this. And, and you've got all these resources and all this money, everything put out into putting this attack together. And every time you carry your plan out, which you thought was a great plan, it's like they knew what you were doing before you did it. That would get pretty frustrating. And this is what's happening to the king. He doesn't know why it's happening. He doesn't know, matter, he doesn't know why this is happening at all. He doesn't know what's going on. But again, he, the plan is thwarted every time. So he's getting frustrated. So the king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which one of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? Because there's something going on here. There's a problem. And one of you must be telling. One of you must be the traitor here. So who is it? It's not us, my lord the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom, wiretapping. It's wiretapping. It's a Russia collusion. It's all over. Even in those days. Here it's happening, and they're saying, hey, this is going down. There's a problem here. There's an issue here, king. It's not us. We haven't betrayed you. There's not a leak in your administration here. This is the issue, king. This man of God has an ear to what God is calling him to do, what God told him to do, and he's going out, and he's thwarting our plans. So the king, like any good king, said, well, let's take out the problem. So he says in verse 13, go and find out where he is. And the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. So the report comes back, Elisha's at uh, at Dothan. And so one night, the king of Aram, Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. (laughs) So he sends his whole army after one man, and he's going to get them. He's going to take them down. This is it. So Elisha, unbeknownst to Elisha, so, so we would think, is, he is, he's just hanging out in the house here, and the whole city is being surrounded. The whole city is, is, is being surrounded by chariots and horses and troops, and they're getting this great army, getting ready to take Elisha down. So the next morning, verse 15, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops and horses, and chariots everywhere. 
all over the place. Now imagine this. Imagine just sitting in your home and you think this thing's, you, you think, oh, it's just a normal morning. I'm going to get up and I'm going I'm to eat my baking cupcakes and, and I'm going to have my cup of coffee. Then I'm going to do my thing. They probably didn't eat baking cupcakes though because they were Jewish and they weren't allowed to eat bacon. Um, poor people. We're so grateful for Peter and the vision he had of being able to eat bacon. Um, bacon cupcakes, if you've never had them, oh my word. Uh, peanut butter, some maple even. Oh man, they taste like almost a pancake. Um, but oh, you have to have them. Anyway, so it, it, it's just getting a little hungry. If you want a donut, there's some back there. But it, so, so the, he gets up and he's just like, man, I'm going to go about my routine. I'm going to step outside. He's probably got his robe on, got a cup of coffee in his hand. And he steps out the door. And troops, and horses, and chariots, oh my. Troops, and horses, and chariots, oh my. Troops, and horses, and chariots, oh my. And, and, this, and, and this is going down. He doesn't know what to do. He's scared. And kids, can you imagine, do you ever be in a frightful situation? Like something gets a little scary. I remember when I was little, I would get lost in a grocery store a good bit because I just would wander off. And I would look around and I would get scared. And the only thing I wish I could have is my mom or my dad. And it would be, Mom! Mom! Dad! You know, and then when you saw them, it was like this comfort. Well, this is kind of how Elijah's assistant was. Elisha's assistant was like, oh, Elisha, daddy, help me. And, and he had to go back. He had to get Elisha. I don't know what's going on here. And he's scared and he runs back in. And he says, oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cries out to Elisha. What are we going to do? How's this going to go down? Look at what's in front of us. Look at the insurmountable obstacles that we have in front of us. Elisha, what are we going to do? And Elisha gives the worst advice that I hate when people tell me this. He looks at his servant and says, don't be afraid. How stupid. Just dumb advice. Have you ever been in a situation like that where everything seems to be falling apart? And, and, and like you don't have the money to pay for what your, your bills are. Your kids are just unruly and crazy. And, and, and you kids, you can be nuts sometimes and try your parents. We know how this works. And it seems like everything's falling apart. And then you sit down, you're talking to a friend, and they're like, just don't worry about it. Oh, thanks. That was real helpful. Thanks for that brilliant advice. Don't worry about it. I've been losing sleep over this night after night after night. I have to worry about it. If I don't worry about it, if I don't have a, fi- I got to have a plan. I got to figure out how to put this in place. I got to get this organized. But Elisha looks at looks at a servant. He says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troops and horses and chariots. Oh my, not a big deal. Don't be afraid. How can I not be afraid?" When I see what's in front of me, how can I not be afraid? How can I not fear? And Elisha doesn't leave it there. And he says, for there are more on our side than on theirs. I don't know if you realize this, Elijah, but it's you and me standing here. And you haven't stepped outside yet. You're still in your PJs. You might want to put some clothes on because this thing's going down. If you Just peek out the curtains and look, buddy, because there are not. But, you know, maybe you thought I said horse and chariot and troop, that there's just one guy out there and a horse. No, 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 no. The whole thing's going down. There are horses. There are chariots. There are troops. The whole thing's happening, Elijah. We are surrounded. We might as well give up. And he says, no, no, there's more on our side than theirs. 
And the servant's just baffled. But Elijah, or Elisha, has a different perspective. Elijah taught Elisha what it means to be in the hands of God. What it means to be in a tough situation and to have a perspective that realizes that when we serve God and we are on God's side, there is no problem too big. There's no obstacle too great for us to overcome. But you have to have a perspective that says God is in control. And there's no reason for me to fear. And that's what that, 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 that idea of, uh, of don't fear, it's, it's this idea of no, don't hide. Don't run away from your problem. Don't fear your problem. Don't get away. You don't have to worry about your problem. You're on God's side. So what do you need? And, and Elijah, he says, God, I'm going to say a simple prayer here for my servant. What's his prayer? Verse 17, and Elisha prayed, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. Some of us walk into our problems with our eyes closed. And we're wondering why we're fearful. We're wondering why we're upset. And our eyes aren't open. And yeah, they're physically open. You can see the problems in front of you, but your spiritual eyes are not open. You're not trusting in God. And challenges and it, it only are opportunities to trust in God. Great challenges in our life only bring opportunities for us to trust in God. And when we have our spiritual eyes opened as Elijah prayed for his servant, everything changes. God said, or Elisha uh, prayed, said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes. And when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Imagine that. Imagine having spiritual eyes that when you walked into your situation, when you had a problem that you were encountering in your life, that you didn't look at it through physical eyes, but you looked at it through spiritual eyes, and you saw all these problems, all these things are going down. It looks like there's no way out of this circumstance. There's no way through this situation. My, my, my friendships are broken. My, my job situation's dismal. My financial situation's a mess. My kids are astray. All this stuff's going on. I've ruined friendships. All this thing, and they look like problem after problem after problem, but imagine being able, instead of just feeling like you're alone, but we would take the advice of Elisha and we would say, no, I am not going to be afraid because I realize I am not in this by myself, but I am a child of God, and I have the Father, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords fighting for me on my behalf, and when I have the best perspective, when I have the best ideas, the thoughts in mind of my heart is in the heart, hands of God, that my life is under the control of God, that when a trial comes, when a circumstance comes, we pray God. God, open my eyes, and instead of seeing the problems, we see the army that God has brought to fight for us. And I love in the, in, in, in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 31, it says, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? 
and you're facing these problems and you've got these things coming down, bearing down on you. And I'm just telling you this morning, if God is for you, if you are for God, if you are on God's side, he is on your side. He is for you. And he works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. That when you follow the will of God, your desire is to carry out the will of God, to see God glorified and honored in your life. And that is the heart of this church. So as your pastor, what I want you to know is when I see financial things, when I see we don't have money for this or that, when we don't have the budget to do this, when I see some staff that God's moving in other directions, when I see a children's ministry packed out but we don't have the walls up yet, when I see the doors of the church getting ready to open and we're not sure if we have the volunteers yet to fulfill all the roles that need to be filled, when we see all these problems coming down around us, my spiritual eyes are open and when you're coming at me and you're saying things like, well, what about this and I've got this problem what are we going to do about this what are we going to do about that I just want to tell you all I see is God with his army surrounding his church and he has got us he is on our side there's no reason to fear there's no reason to fret there's no reason to get upset it's a pep rally because we're serving God we're on his side he is on our side there's no issues there's no problems too great for God to overcome And he's got it, and he's holding it in his hand. And he's just waiting for us to not be afraid. He says, don't run and don't hide, but open your eyes wide, for God is on our side. And I want you to to get this, because this isn't just for me. I'm already there. You gave me some time off. I have a better perspective now. I couldn't have said I was there like, like uh, a year ago. I was feeling like, don't worry, don't be afraid, don't be upset, shut up, bad plan. I'm going to be upset, I'm going to be worried, I'm going to be. But when you gain a godly perspective and you allow God, that's what I'm so excited for Jasmine and Brad both. When you're in ministry and you're doing and doing and pushing and working and going, sometimes you just need to take a step back and breathe. And we're giving them a chance to breathe. And as we all take a chance to rest in the Lord, we realize these aren't problems for God. These are opportunities for us to trust. Opportunities for faith. So I have some things that I want you to say. I I want you to repeat this after me. Say, say, we don't run or hide. Our eyes are open wide. God is on our side. Okay, now you got to say with a little gusto, and, and, and Karen's going to put this up on the screen for us, and I'm going to say this one line, and then you're going to repeat what we just said after me, okay? So repeat it. It's going to be on the screen so you can see it so that you're not like, hey, what am I supposed to do, okay? So this is me. When problems come to light. Oh, man, that was nice. Hey, hey. Robin, come on, you got to get in tune here. All right, next one. When the devil brings the fight, we do not fear the night. All right, we're going to try it again. And while we do, I brought my friend Brady. He, he was up here this morning and driving up, and I said, hey, Brady, bring your guitar. And he said, it's in the truck. 
And I said, sweet, play me a song at the end of this service. You guys may know Brady. He preached for us last summer, and he hung out. He's going to get set up, and he's going to get our anthem ready for us to sing here in just a second. But I want you to stand up. Stand up with me. Get ready. You've got to get this air in your lungs. Let's stand up, okay? We're going to do this. You ready? When problems come to light, when the devil brings the fight, we do not fear the night. When the problems come to light, when the devil brings the fight, we do not fear the night. God is on our side, church. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. In your own life, you have to remember this. There's nothing to be upset about. There's nothing to fear. And it sounds like bad advice when your head's in the dumps, when you're feeling miserable, when you're feeling depressed. I'm telling you, it's hard to wrap your mind around this. But the truth is this. God is on our side. If you are on God's side, he is on your side. He is for you. He is not against you. What can the world do to you when you're on the side of God? And there's another, there's another verse in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, and it says, Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They can't touch your soul. Listen, it could be the most dire situation. You could be facing death. But here's the truth of God's word. Do not fear those who can only harm the body because they can't touch your soul. When you belong to Jesus, when you are on the side of Jesus, he is for you. He is not against you. He loves you. He desires to use you. He desires to use this church. And this is what I want you to understand. We have all kinds of things going on. We have all kinds of issues happening in our church. But we are not afraid. We are not fearful. We are not down. We don't get depressed. We don't wonder, oh, how's this going to happen? We throw our hands up. We don't shut the church down. We're going to start two services pretty soon. We're advertising it for Easter because guess what? We've got an occupancy load in this place that we have to be mindful of. And right now we're pushing the threshold and we haven't even opened the doors. So you say, we can't start two services. I can't fit more people in this building, so we're going to have to. But I'm not worried about it because guess what? God is on our side. We don't run, we don't hide, we open our eyes wide and we look at the army that God has brought for His church. That we are not on our own. It's not 250 people sitting here and good luck and go get them. We have the mountains of, uh, filled with the angels of heaven, the warriors of God, championing our cause to go into this community and push back the darkness for the name of Jesus Christ. And that's what we're going to be about, celebrating Jesus Christ in this community. So will you sing with me? Lift up your voices as an anthem to God. Remember the miracles that Jesus can do. Remember, He is fighting for us, church. We sing for us, Brady.